by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, believing God, no matter what. And praise the Lord for that. So I want you to speak to Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number 6 and Hebrews chapter number 11. Some of you should have said amen to that. I think you're a little sleepy here. Uh, nice, beautiful number by our teenagers there. Genesis chapter number 6, Hebrews chapter number 11. Let me tell you a story, and then we're going to get started. A number of years ago, I heard a youth pastor preach a message to some young people. And he stood down front here, and he had what I think was a rat trap. You ever see a rat trap? It was bigger than a mouse trap. It was a rat trap. And he showed this trap, and he had a teenager come up, or his elementary kid come up, and he gave him a pencil, and he said, take this pencil and touch this trap, and it went whack, and the pencil went kaboom. Then he talked a little bit, and he was talking about faith, and I don't know what he did. Somehow he disassembled that trap, but it looked identical. He said, I need a volunteer to come up here, and uh, I want a volunteer to come up. And he asked a faculty member, because he knew none of the kids would have done it, he said, I want you to come up here, and I want you to touch this portion of the trap. The kids were, these elementary kids, they were just dumbfounded. What in the world? That lady's going to lose her finger. He couldn't get anybody else to volunteer. And a lady came up, and I have to be honest with you, I never saw him disassemble or what he did to this trap. It looked the exact same. And I thought, this is, this is kind of crazy. And that lady touched that trap. It looked set and everything, and nothing happened. And the whole point was, he was trying to help her to see, do you believe me that I am not going to hurt you? Do you believe me for something that you don't know completely and fully? See, faith is believing God when I cannot see the end. You see, God wants to take us out of our comfort zone. If we're going to see God to use us and to impact others, we have to be willing to believe God. We have to be willing now. How many of you humanly like to come out of your comfort zone? None of us do. God thrives outside of our comfort zone. In Genesis chapter number 6, the day was dark. It was corrupt. People had given themselves over to worldliness and pleasure. And God had had enough. The Bible tells us in Genesis 6 and verse number 11... The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. In Genesis chapter nine, 6 and verse 9, go back up. Why did God talk to Noah? The Bible says, we heard this last week, and it said again here, last week of Enoch, this week of Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, verse number 9, 
And Noah walked with God. I'm so glad that in the midst of corruption, in the midst of wickedness, in the midst of that which would so displease God, God has a Noah, someone that walks with him. In Hebrews chapter number 11, in verse number 7, we have a little bit of insight at God communicating to Noah. We'll see this in, back in Genesis 7 and 6 in just a minute. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7, the Bible says this, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Being warned of God of things not seen as yet. You see, faith is willing to respond to God. Can I say it this way? When I operate by faith, I am willing to do what my flesh doesn't want to do. I am willing to move out of my comfort zone in order to give God a chance to do something great. We limit God. He came to his own town, the scripture says, and he could do no mighty work there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Our unbelief is what limits God. God wants to do a great work. God told Noah he was going to judge the world. Noah, now I want you to think about this just for a minute. We know the first book of the Bible written was Job. We're finding ourselves in Genesis. We have the word of God. We have stories of individuals in the Bible, like Noah, that we're looking at in a minute, that had to believe God, and we see what happened. We see many stories where God says, hey, walk around the walls of Jericho and the, and the walls fall. Uh, we see stories where David goes out against Goliath and Goliath falls. We have a lot to deal with, to look at that ought to motivate us to walk by faith. Noah didn't. Noah lives in a corrupt society. Noah walks with God, and God says to Noah, Look, I am going to destroy the earth, and I want you to build an ark. Noah had never seen rain. I want you to build an ark. Noah comes way out of his comfort zone because God tells him that something's going to happen Noah has no idea, hadn't seen rain, he has no idea how it's all going to play out. But God says something's going to happen, and Noah responds by faith. And God gives us a wonderful example. God blesses Noah, and God works in a great way. When we think concerning this story, I thought about this. We have been told by God. We've been warned about what is coming. Have we not? We have the book. We can read the book of Revelation. We can read. We went through a study last summer 
on in understanding Bible prophecy. We know what is coming. We don't know all the details. We don't know how it's all going to work. We don't know we can see technology in the mark of the beast, and maybe it will be this, and maybe it will be that. But we've been warned of God, of things not unseen yet. What do we do with that? Noah responded in faith. And I tell you this, if we're going to see God do some things, we're going to have to be willing to say, hey, uh, there's a big wall here. I don't see beyond this wall, but I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm willing to believe God and see what God does. When we believe God for what we haven't seen, it affects our whole being. I want to have prayer, and I want to give you some effects that this had on Noah. And I trust the Lord will use it in our lives. Lord, we love you today. Lord, I know you have a work that you want to do here this morning. Lord, we like to be comfortable. We don't like to get out of our comfort zone. But Lord, would you help us to be willing? Help us, Lord, to say, I'm going to believe God no matter what, like Noah did. Lord, I know it will affect our whole lives, but I know that you will do great things. We just need faith as a mustard seed. Move mountains. Lord, we want to see mountains moved. Lord, there are individuals here this morning that need to see a mountain moved. Lord, if we're not willing to walk by faith, we're not going to happen. Would you work in our hearts? Lord, if someone here this morning doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven, would you meet that need as well? In Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, I want you to see this as I look at the Word of God here. We're going to Hebrews 11, verse 7. We will reference Genesis chapter number 6, Hebrews 11, verse 7. I want you to see first, faith affects your motivation. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Noah had the right view of God. He feared God. One commentator said this, This fear is the product of faith. The fear of God, which causes men to behave in a holy manner, is a result of faith. This fear is not a cowering fear, but it is a holy fear. It is a reverent respect of Almighty God. It is something like the fear that prompts one to work diligently in putting up sandbags to hold back a river flood when the weather forecast predicts that the river is going to rise above flood stage. Because Noah feared God, because he, he feared God, he allowed what God said to affect him. We think concerning the fear of God. We've lost the fear of God really in our society. Uh, people just stay, people want to do whatever they want to do. Of course, the Bible told us that was going to happen. Men shall be, in the last times, lovers of their own selves. And good will be evil, and evil will, will be good. Second Corinthians chapter number 5 tells us, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We think concerning, uh, uh, Second Peter tells us, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What matter of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the writer there, says, hey, what is the conclusion of the whole matter? Let us fear God and keep His commandments. Someday, every individual will stand before a judgment. 
Revelation 20 tells us if you're here today and you're not saved, you don't get saved, you will stand before the great white throne judgment. And whose names are not found written in the book of life will be cast in the lake of fire. But can I say this? Every believer, every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We read of that in the book of, of Corinthians. We know that uh, uh, the works will be tried by fire. And really, the reality is our motive. The reality is what we did in dependence upon Christ. Hey, we think about this. Does that motivate us? The fact that we have to give account to God. Often we're more uh, concerned about what people think than we are what God thinks. Noah exercised faith in God, which caused him to say, Hey, I, I fear God, and that is going to be a holy, reverential, helpful fear. It's going to be a motivating factor in me doing what God has asked me to do. Secondly, when I act, when I respond, when I, when I respond to that which I haven't seen, when I believe God, secondly, it affects my action. Look at verse, same, same, same verse here, verse 7. Look at the next phrase. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I want you to go back to Genesis chapter number 6 now. And I want you to see what God does. God gives specifics. Look at verse number 14. It's interesting. You don't find verses in here, by the way, where God gave his, I mean, where Noah gave his opinion. Uh, I have a question. You ever try to give instructions? And you're not finished with the instructions? I have a question. Noah's not asking any questions. Alright? God's giving him specifically, make an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, on verse 14. And pitch it within and without, and without with pitch. And here's the fashion on that. And it gives us the exact length of it. Verse 16. Put a window in it. And, and, and here's how it's supposed to do. And you got a, 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 a lower and a second and a third stories. In verse 17, I'm bringing a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh. But I'm establishing my covenant with thee. Verse 18, And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy wives with thee. And you're bringing in uh, living creatures and the fowls after their kind. I like what I read here three or four times. Look at this. Verse 22 of Genesis 6. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Look at verse number 5 of chapter 7. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Look at verse number 9. There went in two and two unto Noah in the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. Look at verse number 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Four times we read specifically that Noah did exactly as God had commanded him. It's hard for me to get into this passage without my preconceived history of Rain, boats. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to the Ark Encounter? Have you been to the Ark Encounter? Let me tell you something. It's a lot of money, and uh, Lord bless. I, I got a discount when I went because I'm a pastor. 
Um, it's a lot of money, but I'll tell you something. If you're ever there, you ought to go see it. Why? Because this passage of Scripture comes to life when you look at the enormity of this great, big, huge ark. And you walk through it, the different floors. And you walk into the museum. You walk through it, you just... And, and you have to then go back many years to think, how did he do this? They built it today with modern equipment. He didn't have modern equipment. And you think about the, the hundreds of years, you think about the time it took Noah to build this ark. And he did it exactly as God commanded him to do it. He didn't question God. He didn't change what God said. He said, this is what God said. This is the word of God. And this is exactly what I'm going to do. You know, faith affects our actions. You want to know if you're walking by faith, keep a log of your actions this week. And then go back and look at your actions and, and recognize, hey, is, is my... Do you know what? Our lives ought not to be explained humanly. You see, there ought to be a divine aspect of God at work in our lives on a regular basis. And we can say, hey, I believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell and people are going to hell and I love people. But if I'm not witnessing to those people, I don't really believe what the Bible says. I'm not really walking by faith. You see, the Bible says we're supposed to come out from among them and be separate. Hey, we like to be in our comfort zone. I go this and I do this and I do this. But I tell you this, I, I don't know about you, but I've never had anyone really bang on my door and say, what must I do to be saved? And it is easy to go from the house to the store, to the store, to the house, or whatever we do, and not share the gospel with anybody. That's just one aspect. You know, as Christians, we like to partially sometimes, yeah, I know God wants me to do this, but I'm going to kind of do it my way. I'm going to, you know, we, we find ourselves half obeying. No, I didn't do that. By the way, it's a good thing he didn't. Imagine him saying, well, we're a little... A uh, 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 slim on on pitch. I'm gonna water it down a little bit. It's just, again, we we laugh because we know what rain and water and how it just goes can leak in the smallest of tiniest little places. Imagine him cutting corners a little bit. Hey, he didn't cut corners, but he didn't know what we know, and he still didn't cut corners. The reality is we have, in many sense, more, much more knowledge about boats and stuff than Noah did. And Noah said, hey, I'm just going to believe God and do exactly what God wants me to do. Are there areas in your life where there's disobedience to God? Hey, sometimes it's not what I know. Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to, and yet we don't do it anyway. And... We claim that we're walking by faith, believing God. You just have to be willing to say, you know what? This is what God wants me to do. This is what's being asked of me. This is what's being asked. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to try to figure it all out. I'm not going to try to stay in my comfort zone. I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to do it. That's what Noah did. God is not limited at all. Let me give you number three. Otherwise, we're going to preach for an hour. I don't know if I've ever preached for an hour. Maybe I should try it sometime. Hebrews, 
If I preach for an hour, hour, hour all of y'all blame Carol, all right? I think I'm going to do it. I got a text this week from the guy that's preaching on Sunday, February 12th, out of the blue. He says, I want you to know, he's got a great sense of humor. You're going to love him. Or the Flanders. He said, I want you to know I'm preaching, a, I'm preparing right now a wonderful expository message for Sunday night, the 12th. It's probably going to be a long one. And then I got another text. It's rumored that the Eagles might be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> Good sense of humor. Love it. I was going to say I'll preach an hour on the 12th, but I'm not preaching on the 12th. <laughs> All right. Number three. I want you to see this. When you believe God with something, even though you haven't seen it, it not only affects your motivation, your actions, it affects your influence. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 7, prepared an ark. Now look at this next phrase. To the saving of his house. The saving of his house. We go back to Genesis. You know most of this, so I'm not going to take too much time. But the Bible says in verse 1 of Genesis 7, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Verse 4, It's going to rain. I'm going to destroy from off the face of the earth. Chapter 8 and verse number 1, And God remembered Noah. And God obviously protected Noah. Verse 16 of chapter 8, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Chapter 9 and verse number 1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You know, the decisions that you make do not just affect you, they affect other people around you. Noah didn't see rain. Noah built this great big boat. You're going to take a lot of years to build this great big boat. And Noah said, I'm going to build this great big boat because God said the rain is coming. And because Noah decided to obey God and say to his sons, look, God said judgment's coming and you're going to help me build this boat. And they built this big thing. Their family was saved. What if Noah had said this? Ah, Lord, this is crazy, man. You know, the water coming out of the sky? I'm confused. What if Noah had said, you know what? I, I admire that God, but it's just too much work. That's way too out of my comfort zone. Way too much trouble. You see, the decisions that we make, we often forget influence, they affect other people. Noah's family was saved because Noah decided to walk by faith. And it affected his family. I'm thankful for the home that I grew up in. I'm thankful for my mom and dad that decided church was going to be a priority. You know, I never woke up on a Sunday morning and said, we going to church today? I never, I never, on a Sunday night, I never went around asking, we, we going to church tonight? It was given. We're doing it. This is how it is. And you don't have any questions about it. You see, my parents didn't, when, when I was growing up, they didn't allow me to make choices, some of these choices, when I was still in the home. And when I got up and grew out into college, and I'm a man, it was kind of flipped on me. It was a little hard adjustment at first. You know, do this, and you're going to do this, you're going to do you living in my home, you're going to do this. And then you're out, and you're like, what do you think? Well, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> you got to kind of process and walk with the Lord on your own. But I tell you this, I'm thankful for their mom and dad that believed God that said, hey, we're going to get you into church. You know what? I went to Bible college, and this is going to sound terrible, but it is terrible. As a, as a young person, I went to I told my mom, I'll go to college. I'll go to, she wanted me to go to Bible Jones. I'll go there just to get her off my back. Isn't that bad? That's terrible. But you know what? I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for a mom and dad that saw beyond teaching math in a Christian school. They said, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity. You know what? When, when, when they picked, my pastor picked me up, took me to college. He picked me up in this custom van. And I'm going to appeal to all, all the moms here. Oh. I laid on the floor of the custom van and cried the whole way down. You see why? Oh, my family was close. We were close. Hey, you know what God was doing? He's pulling me out of my comfort zone. We didn't have cell phones back then like we do now. I would send my mother letters, and I'd put in the return address. Bless her heart. I don't know how she made it through this. I'm beyond. I don't know how she made it. Through. I'd either put a, a sad face with tears, or I'd put lonely. You know, maybe it's terrible. My poor mother didn't have to pull out her gut. But you know what? She didn't quit believing what God could do. Was it hard for her and dad to, to let you go? It absolutely was. I remember one time standing in the living room. My dad said, look, I love you, but I'm telling you this. I care enough about you to let you go and be something for God than to stay here and just... As parents, we were afraid, oh, my child's going to get out of their little comfort zone. You know what? They're God's children. They're not yours. They're God's children. We're to shoot them like an arrow and get them out there to make a difference. And I stand here today because I had two parents that said, hey, they grew up, we grew up in the city of Philadelphia. I can show you the home in a row home. You think, wow, what kind of neighborhood is this? Yeah, but God did it because I had two parents that said, hey, I'm going to believe God for my children, and I'm going to encourage this child to go and get out of the comfort zone. And I'm very, very thankful. I don't know how she processed my notes, but I'm thankful that God gave her the grace to keep believing God. Your decision... Am I going to walk by faith and believe God no matter what? Will affect people around you. Husbands, it will affect your wife. Moms, it will affect your children. Siblings, it will affect your older, you older siblings, it will affect. Hey, it will affect your friend group. Hey, it will check the affect this church. As a church, we have to believe God no matter. You know, the economies, you see the gas prices in the economy? Yeah, it's going to get worse. See, how do I know that? Because God tells me it's going to get worse. You read 2 Timothy chapter number 3. People are going to be lovers of the Lord. It's going to get worse. God tells us that. I don't know how it's going to work out. God told Noah, hey, it's going to get bad. I'm judging the whole world. Build you an ark. And Noah said, okay. I'm going to walk by faith. Faith affects your motivation, your action, your influence, number four, we have five, but number five is short. Number four, it affects your speech. In Genesis chapter number six, verse number five, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
That's a pretty bad assessment, wouldn't you say? But I want you to see what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number 2. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 5 concerning Noah. The Bible says, 2 Peter 2, 5, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, look at this, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Oh. So Noah wasn't just hammering whatever it is into this ark. Noah wasn't just putting pitch on this here. While it was happening, Noah was preaching righteousness. I can imagine people, as this thing got big, you can see it from a distance. I can imagine some of his neighbors coming and saying, what are you doing? What's up with this? What is it? Imagine Noah. Hey, God's going to send water out of the, in a flood. They, he was laughed to scorn. He was made fun of. But do you know what Noah did? Noah kept on preaching righteousness in a world where people were only doing evil continually. The thoughts of their heart was evil continually. Imagine living in that kind of world. At least we can come together and say, Hey, Brother Charles, God's good. Yeah, God's good. But imagine living in that kind of world. Where you talk about a God that wants to save, and if they'll just get on this ark, they'll be saved as well. And, and people don't listen. Wow. But he kept on preaching truth. And can I tell you, if I believe God, no matter what, when things come that are hard, when things come that are hard to process, I have to keep preaching righteousness. I have to keep telling the world that there's a God that loves them and a God that's in control and a God that wants to meet their need. In his book, Why Revival, Terry's Leonard Ravenhill tells this story. He tells a story about a fellow by the name of Charlie Peace. Charlie Peace was a criminal. Laws of God or man curbed him not. Finally, the law caught up with him and he was condemned to death. On the morning that he was to be killed in Leeds, England, he was taken on a death walk. Before him went the prison chaplain, routinely and sleepily reading some Bible verses. The criminal touched the preacher and asked what he was reading. He said the consolations of religion was the reply. Charlie Peace, his criminal, was shocked at the way he could professionally read about hell. Could a man be so unmoved under the very shadow of the scaffold as to leave a fellow human there and yet dry-eyed read of a pit that has no bottom into which this fellow must fall? What's he saying is this preacher is leading me to be killed and doesn't give a rap about where I might be headed. Could this preacher believe the words that there is an eternal fire that never consumes its victims and yet slide over the phrase with a, with a tremor? Is a man human at all who can say with no tears you will be eternally dying and yet never know the relief that death brings? All this was too much for this prisoner. So he said this, If I believe what you and the church of God say that you believe, even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it if need be on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. What's he saying? 
When you believe what God says, it will affect what comes out of your mouth. Noah didn't just build an ark. He preached righteousness. Which brings me to our final phrase in Hebrews chapter number 11. And became, he condemned the world and became, verse Hebrews 11, 7, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. The idea is really a partaker of righteousness. God declared Noah righteous because of his faith. Number five, it affects your standing. The just shall live by faith. We'll look at Abraham next week. I was out yesterday visiting. Brother Reynolds was my partner there, and I did it again, and did it again. I'm sorry, Richard. He said, what did you do again? I'm not talking at this door, Richard. This is your door. I sinned two or three times. Just jumped right in there, and Richard laughed at me. It was fun. We had a good time. We had a good time. Talking with one lady and trying to help her to understand, you can't get to heaven without the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. You think about that. You're robed. If you're saved here this morning, you're robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Boy, we're going to be with him. What a day it's going to be. It affects our standing. What challenges do you have in your life? What is God? Noah's gone, and you're here. And God said to Noah, I'm going to ask you to do something and you're not going to understand the results. You're not going to understand how it's all going to happen, but I want you to build this ark. What's God asking you to do? It's out of your comfort zone. Your flesh says, ooh, I'm not sure about this. God wants us to respond as Noah, not having seen it, but to believe him for it. And when I believe God, it's going to affect my whole being. May God help us to walk by faith. Lord, we love you today.